Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but we would love to meet you in person. All are welcome, and that includes you. So if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service at the corner of Arthur Ashe Boulevard and Grove in the historic synagogue across from the art museum. Can't make it in person? No problem. We are also live streaming on YouTube. Contact our administrator at tikvatdirector at gmail.com for the link during the week or contact us on our website tikvatisrael.com. There, you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. I would like to invite up Reverend Fakhri to the Bima. Reverend Fakhri Yakub was born and raised in Egypt. He graduated with a BTH, Bachelor of Theology, from the Evangelical Theological Seminary in Cairo, Egypt, in 1993. He served as the registrar there from 1993 to 1996. He is an ordained pastor in the Presbytery of Cairo, Egypt. He was ordained in 96 as a chaplain for the Evangelical Theological Seminary. He graduated with a Master of Arts in Christian Education from Union Theological Seminary in 2000. In November 1996, he came with his wife, Taragi, to start an outreach ministry among immigrants and refugees from the Middle East. He currently serves as the pastor of the Christian Arabic Church in Richmond, Virginia, and director of the Arabic Christian Community Center. This ministry serves and helps immigrants and refugees both spiritually and practically through various programs. He's married to Taragi, his wife, and they have two daughters and one son, Emily, 26, Abigail, 22, and Joel, 14 years old. And I I also want to say that he met me just once. We got lunch and he invited me right away to come speak at his church. And this was uh, probably about a year ago or so. And then we made it right and I invited him to come speak here. We've gotten together a couple times since and I've gotten to know him and his heart. And as you know, it's on my heart and the heart of our leadership to connect with the church of the city, specifically with Arab Christians, so that we're dialoguing and sharing with one another for God's purposes, for God's kingdom on the earth as it is in heaven. So please give a warm Tikvat Israel welcome to Reverend Fakhri. Thank you. It's a joy and a blessing to be here. And actually, it has been the tradition in our church for many years to invite the rabbi of Tikvat Israel to preach in our church. So, David, you're not the first one. You are okay. the third one. Yeah, I'm not special. <laughs> you, you are in a certain way. I'm so happy to be here with my wife and one of our elders, Shadi and Nardine. And we always look forward to be with you. Uh, it's been my heart. One time I came and it, I came on the wrong time in the afternoon. It was closed, but I'm so happy and blessed to be here. For the first time when someone introduced me in American church, I don't have to teach them how to say my name because Rabbi David did it right. Fakhri Yaqub. And you know Yaqub is Yaqub, but Fakhri means my honor. So if you can't say it, you can call me your honor. I listened to the sermon last week and you said there is a, a trophy for the most humbled person, right? Uh, can, I, can I have it? <laughs> you, want, you want to keep it, you want to keep it. Yes, well, uh, listening to Rabbi David's sermons, I can tell that his style is different from mine. He is 
very funny. But in, in the Bible, there are different preaching styles, not just funny and boring, but different preaching style. Well, uh, other than language, if you don't understand my English accent, I can preach in Arabic. You get to choose. <laughs> but the length, the length of the sermon is always a problem because in Egypt, we don't set a time for the sermon. We, we go as the Spirit leads, okay? But there in the Bible, there are two different preaching styles. One, Jonah, and the other, Paul. Okay, so you get to choose. Do you want me to use a Jonah style or Paul style? If you wanna say Jonah, raise your hand. No? One, okay. Two, Paul, raise your hand. More, okay. So, Jonah was supposed to preach for three days. And he condensed his sermon for only one day. Paul, in the book of Acts chapter 20, he preached until after midnight. And he did not stop until someone fell from the window. So let's, let's vote again. Jonah, one day, or Paul, till after midnight. All right. I'm going to read today from the book of Nehemiah, one of my, my favorite books, personally. It deals with, with how to have a vision to rebuild in the middle of chaos, and how to raise leaders in the middle of failure. And I'm going to uh, read only the first five uh, verses, and I'm going to use the true life version. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. Now it happened that in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in Shushan, the capital, that Hanani, one of my brothers, together with some men from Judah, arrived and I asked them about the Jedudians, the remnant who had survived the captivity, and about Jerusalem. They said to me, the remnant who have survived the captivity there in the province are in great distress and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Upon hearing these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. I prayed and fasted before the God of heaven. Then I said, Adonai, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps the covenant and loving kindness with those who love him and keep his mitzvah. Father, we come to you, we come before your mercy throne, ask for help and comfort. Lord, I pray that you teach and bless every one of us today in a special way. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. As Pastor David said, I'm the pastor of the Christian Arabic Church. It's a congregation for Arabic-speaking Christians. And my wife and I came here to Richmond to start this ministry about 26 years ago. She was four. And God blessed us with reaching out to many people from many nations and introduce Yeshua HaMashiach to all of them. And God blessed us with many people came to know the Lord from many different Middle Eastern countries here in Richmond. We have a congregation that uh, meets for worship at Third Church uh, Sunday evening. And we have our own church building in Goochland that we meet every first Sunday of the month. 
And as I said, we've been having good relationship with the rabbis of Tikvet, Israel, through a common friend, Sarah Scott, who I think attend here Saturday, and she used to attend our church on Sunday evening, and also different other common friends. We have this ministry to mainly reach out, like your vision, to reach between the Jewish people and the Shua Mashiach and the, all the nations. We also want to bring people from all Middle Eastern and Arabic and Muslim countries to meet with Yeshua HaMashiach and trust him as Lord and Savior. When uh, Rabbi David asked me to, to speak today, uh, God put this message on my heart, a blueprint for shalom, a blueprint for shalom. And the name Nehemiah means comfort from God. And as you all know, that in the same time of Nehemiah, there was another leader by the name Ezra. And the meaning of uh, Ezra is help from God. And I think these are the two things we need today. Comfort and help. And as also you all may know, that in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter and the helper. And I think today we need comfort and help through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who works amazing things throughout God's people history, throughout chaos, who brought peace and brought order in the middle of chaos, still today can do the same thing among us. Nehemiah, as you know, was uh, one of the king's officials, so he was in a high-ranking position in the kingdom at that time, the Persian kingdom, and he was still in captivity, and when some people came from Judah, he was eager to know about the city, Jerusalem, about the people who remained there, and as you read with me, the report didn't bring any good news. They said to him, the remnant who have survived the captivity there in the province are in great distress and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates have been burned with fire. Does this sound familiar today? The city was in a state of destruction. The walls were knocked down completely and the gates were burned totally. The people were living in fear. After October 7, I called a friend, dear friend, Nizar Francis. Nizar is a Israeli, Arabic, Christian, gospel, singer. Put it all together, you think it's impossible, but it is through Jesus Christ. An Israeli, Arabic, Christian, gospel singer. By the way, he to, he today he's singing in a Messianic Jewish conference in Europe. I called him that day. I said, how are you doing? How's your family? How's our friends there? Because we visited with him in 2012. He said one sentence. We live in fear. We live in fear. I called him again yesterday. I asked him about updates. And he said, it is getting worse. It is getting worse. What was the first thing Nehemiah did when he heard this bad news? I was thinking to call the title, 
what we should do when we don't know what to do. But what Nehemiah did was, uh, or we can consider it, a blueprint for shalom. And I'm not talking about United Nations shalom. I'm not talking about United States or United Kingdom or any United shalom. I'm talking about shalom from within. Shalom from the Almighty One. Shalom that surpasses any understanding. What did Nehemiah did to obtain this shalom? Verse 4, it says, Upon hearing these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. I prayed and fasted before the God of heaven. First, you may not consider this, but I consider it very important. First, he sat down before anything else. That's the first thing we need to do. We need to sit down. What do you mean by that? I mean we need to calm down. We need to calm down. To be able to pray. To be able to think. To be able to think. To act. We need to calm down. Saturday, October 7, my eyes was fixed to the TV. And our TV, we have an app that uh, we can bring all TV channels from all over the world, especially the Middle East. And it was scrolling down between Al Jazeera and the other TV channels following the news coming from the Middle East. I could not sleep that day. The following day, I was supposed to go to church and preach and lead our congregation to pray for Shalom. And I asked myself, how can I lead the congregation to pray for Shalom and I don't have Shalom myself? I'm troubled. I needed to calm down. And I struggled, our worship service that day was Sunday evening. I struggled throughout the day to just avoid the news and try to calm down, relax. To be able to pray and have shalom. These two days as an Egyptian Christian, I know, who I, I lived, by the way, in the Middle East for the first 26 years of my life, and I know how this become bloody and destructive and awful. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't think. And I couldn't come down. And I was trying to, to, to pray. I couldn't pray. And I asked the Lord, Lord, I have to go to church. I can't, I'm, I'm the pastor. You know, Rabbi cannot skip church Saturday, right? I, I, I'm the pastor. I have to go to church. I have to preach. I have to teach. I have to lead the people to pray. I need to calm down. I need to have this shalom to be able to pray for shalom. And right before our worship service, Sunday evening, October 8th, the Holy Spirit reminded me of what Paul said in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, be prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the shalom of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Messiah, Yeshua. That, these words was like a cold shower. I was able to calm down. And when I was able to calm down, I was able to pray and lead the congregation to pray. 
Second thing Nehemiah did, he sat down, and then the Bible says, wept and mourned. We need to get it out. We need to get it out. We need to get our feelings, our anger, our anxiety. We need to get it out. We need to express how we feel. And, and Nehemiah did just that. We have the right to mourn. We have the right to mourn the innocent children losing their lives from both sides. We need to be able to mourn and express our feeling and anger about the destruction, evil things that's going on. We need to be able to mourn and get our feeling. But there is the right way and the wrong way. And Nehemiah did and taught us to do it the right way. And the right way is to express our feeling and getting out before the Lord. Before the Lord. Get our feeling out. Express our emotions before the Lord. And then, the third thing Nehemiah did, he prayed. So, first to calm down, then mourn, get your feelings, express your feelings, and then pray. And I'm not going to talk a lot about prayer because I hope we have a chance at the end. We said we're going to talk for one day or until midnight. I, I forgot. At the end, I would like to put some points for us to pray for. But Nehemiah came to the Lord in prayer. And, and basically he said, you know, the situation is awful. Look at the picture. Nothing good. But we come to you, Lord. We come to you in prayer. In Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 12, King Jehoshaphat. Did that say it right? He found out the nation of Israel, or Judah at the time, was surrounded by a multitude of nations coming to destroy them. And he said this, we do not know what to do. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. What to do when you don't know what to do? Fix your eyes on him. We do not know what to do, Lord, but our eyes are on you. Same thing. Nehemiah did the same thing. He turned to the Lord. He put his eyes on the Lord, asking him for help, asking him to intervene in this difficult situation. Number four, and we didn't read this in the, in the part we did this morning, but number four, Nehemiah had a, a good action plan. Not, not just to calm himself down, not to mourn, not just to pray, but he had a good action plan. And Nehemiah's action plan was to restore and rebuild the walls and the gates of Jerusalem so people can live and worship God freely. Rebuild. Restore. But the main goal was people can live and feel safe. People can worship God inside these walls freely and safe. During the time of our Lord Jesus Christ on earth, there was a similar conflict. 
the conflict between Jewish and Samaritans. And I'm sure you know the historical background of that conflict. But you remember when Jesus met with a Samaritan woman, she asked him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jewish people don't deal with Samaritan. But how did our Lord Jesus Christ dealt with this conflict? How he did dealt with this situation? Well, for a Jew to travel from Jerusalem in the south to Galilee in the north or vice versa, they used to take a longer route through close to the sea. But Jesus Christ intentionally used to go straight through Samaria to meet with the Samaritan people. You see, in enrichment here, it is like um, uh, if you're going from Fredericksburg to Petersburg, you don't like the people of Richmond, you go 295. But some people like the people of Richmond, like me, you take 95 straight, even if it is busy. But Jesus used to take 95 from Jerusalem to Galilee to meet, intentionally to meet with the Samaritan people. And one time Jesus was traveling through and the people in a Samaritan village did not welcome him. That's in Luke chapter 9. So when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked it, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? This is our first reaction toward people that bother us or don't like us or don't treat us well. We want fire to come down from heaven and destroy them. You remember the Christian community in the Middle East suffered from Islamic terrorism for years and decades. And when I was young, this was my prayer. Lord, bring fire from heaven to destroy them. But when I grow up in, in faith, I learned to pray different. But this is what James and John ask it for. Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? You see, both Jewish and Samaritans hate each other and they wanted to destroy each other. In the Arabic translation of this part, there is a, a verse that I didn't find in all English translations. I don't know about the true life or other Messianic Jewish translation, but in the Arabic translation it says, Jesus told them, the Son of Man did not come to destroy people, but to save them. The Son of Man did not come to destroy people, but to save them. So what should we do? We should do what our, exactly like Rabbi David was saying, he's, he's our example. He's our example. We should do exactly what, like what our Lord Jesus Christ did. Show love, show mercy, and grace to the people, especially those who don't like us who hate us, who want to destroy us. Show love and show mercy to them. When they experience God's love and God's grace, their heart will change. And then our relationship with them will change. Several years ago, 
a woman working in the international student office here in BCU, called me and said, there's a woman from Kuwait uh, and I want you to meet her because she wants to know more about Jesus Christ and I can't speak Arabic and she can't speak English. We tried to, to meet, we couldn't, and we met only for about half an hour in her way to the airport from Washington to Kuwait. She quickly told me the story. The story, she was coming here to visit her daughter who's studying at VCU and with her husband and the husband got sick and stayed two weeks in the hospital, passed away. The people who work in the international student office were true believers in Jesus Christ. They showed love, they showed mercy. And when this woman came with the uh, women from the uh, university, she asked me, would you please tell me why they love us and we hate them? So I asked the woman, I know the answer, but I asked the woman, she's asking you, why did you show love to her and they hate you? She said, because this is the love of Jesus Christ and he asked us to love everyone. So this woman said, I want to know more about this love. I want to know more about Jesus Christ. I said, you have only a few minutes and you have a, an, an airplane to catch. So I gave her the Bible. And with the Bible and the love that she experienced from the believers she met here in Richmond, she came back six years later. I didn't recognize her. She had the hijab on her head. And she said, do you remember me? I said, no, I'm sorry. Have we met? She said, yes. We met six years ago, and you gave me this Bible, and I opened the Bible. It's all colored and written and question marks and everything. And she said, I came back, I came back to be baptized. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Well, what did it change this woman? And I can't tell more details because I know your sermon is streamed online, but this woman is, comes from a very radical family in Kuwait and in Saudi Arabia, her son-in-law. What did it change her from someone who hate and pray against people and want God to destroy people to a loving person? She came to know the Prince of Peace. Yeshua HaMashiach. In 2018, we had a, a conference in our church for Muslim or Christian believers from a Muslim background. Farsi, Christian believers from a Muslim background from Iran. Arab Christians, American Christians, and Messianic Jews in one place. And in one night, we have this gospel singer from Israel and a gospel singer from Egypt and a worship leader from a Muslim background and a Jewish rabbi speaker on one stage. I asked myself, who can do this? Who can bring all these people together and make them love each other and live in peace, in harmony with each other? Only Yeshua. Hamashiach. He can do what the United Nations and the United Kingdom and the United States and all armies of the world cannot do to bring people from all nations together to be one 
family, his family. Have you heard the story of the son of Hamas? Yeah. His name is Musab. Musab Hassan Yusuf. The son of Sheikh Hassan Yusuf, a founder, leader of Hamas. Musab grew up in the middle of this terrorist organization. But somehow, some way, you can read his testimony or listen to it or watch it on YouTube, and his book is in, on Amazon. He came to faith in Jesus Christ. And that young person who was supposed to be a terrorist, he became a peacemaker. Trying to make peace and pray for peace. Who can do this? I'm sorry, I heard that there is a prayer to remove Hamas. But I'm sorry to say this. I hope God will answer. But if Hamas was removed, another terrorist organization will come. And another, and another. We need to continue to pray for the removal of Hamas, but also we need to pray for the change of heart of these people to come to know Jesus Christ. I want you to imagine this. If, if people on both sides of the conflict came to know Jesus Christ, There are amazing things happening right now in the Middle East. And by the way, this is good news. Millions and millions of Muslims coming to faith in Jesus Christ today. Millions. And I doubted this. I doubted this myself. So I asked it, a lot of pastors and ministers in Egypt and other Arab countries, is this is true? Or someone exaggerating? Is it true that millions of people are coming to Christ and, and everyone is confirming, yes, we know them, we meet them. The Holy Spirit is doing amazing things in the middle of all that chaos. As, as, as someone said, the Holy Spirit is unleashed in the Middle East. People from North Africa, from Egypt. Reports say that more than two million Muslim in the last 10 years put their trust in Christ. In Egypt, my country. That makes me so happy. Because you know, in, in the book of Isaiah chapter 19, it says that, that the Lord will be known in Egypt and the Egyptians will know the Lord. And this is our prayers all the time for our Muslim brothers and sisters that they might come to know the Lord, to come to know Yeshua, Hamashiach to be saved. And I want us to go back to prayer and to pray for ourselves first. When Nehemiah prayed, he confessed his sins and the sins of Pani Israel for not following the commandments. And as you know, we break the commandments all the time, but in my opinion, the greatest command we broke is the great commandment. You know, what, you know what is the great commandment? Go out to the whole world and preach the gospel to all nations. Introduce Jesus Christ the Savior to all people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue. I confess that I don't do this. My community, we don't do that. We all, 
as believers in Jesus Christ, we neglected to do this. You know, the number of missionaries, all United States churches sent to Alaska are more than the missionaries, all the United States churches sent to the Middle East. I don't know why. Even Alaska is very cold. Imagine that. 200 million people in the Middle East, 200 million Muslims in the Middle East, and few missionaries there to go and share the good news with them. My first prayer is that we confess that we didn't keep the great commandment. We didn't take the good news. We didn't introduce our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to the Muslim people. Yesterday when I called my friend Nizar, I asked him, what do you want us to pray for in this situation? He said, pray for shalom, first of all. Pray for security and safety. We, we don't know where the missiles are coming from day and night in Haifa. Pray for tolerance and pray for safety for all. But then I called another friend. He is a Palestinian evangelical pastor. His name is Ferris. And Ferris said, as Christians, we must unapologetically advocate for shalom. We are to be Christ agents of healing and restoration in a broken world. We are commanded by Jesus to be shalom maker. We are called to reconcile all people together and reconcile all people to God. And I believe that people will not be able to reconcile with each other unless they are reconciled with the creator first. People will not be able to have and live in shalom with each other unless they are in shalom with the Almighty One. Let us pray. Allow me to take just a few minutes to put some points for us to pray for today. As followers of Yeshua HaMashiach, the Prince of Shalom, we need to pray that the Prince of Shalom to rule the hearts of all people in Israel, Palestine, Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Iraq, even Iran. For those people to come to know Yeshua. When they come to know Yeshua, they will know Shalom. Let us also pray that the love of God demonstrated by Jesus to be the distinguishing character of all the followers of Jesus in the Middle East especially these days. And let's pray for Christians, followers of Yeshua, his disciples, to be able to boldly proclaim the good news and introduce Jesus Christ to Muslims. Please, my Lord, 
Let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in serving you and serving your name. Amen. I